Pirates versus Tyrants. This is the Tom Wren Show, where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Welcome to the show, everybody. Boy, you know what? We're two days in a row. We're going right back to COVID. Right back to COVID. There's a lot of stuff happening right now. And uh, like I said yesterday, the uh, the media, the politicians, everybody wants COVID to go away, but people keep dying. And people keep dying. And they're dying in greater numbers. And it's becoming more and more apparent. And it's not going away. It's not going to go away. This will be one of the longest-term news stories in history. Because for the next five to 10 years, people are going to continue dying on massive levels from these death jabs. And Pfizer, Moderna, HHS, our government, they all knew it. They knew what was going to happen. They did it intentionally. These people are responsible for the largest number of deaths in, in world history. This is not going to rival World War II on a global level. Uh, just the vaccines. Just the vaccines. And they can lie about it. They can do whatever they want. But guess what? there will eventually be accountability. And let me tell you why. Headline over here in Rasmussen, killer jab, 24% say someone they knew died from COVID-19 vaccine. So this article is one of the most profound demonstrations of victory I have seen. We are winning. And let me tell you how we're winning, and let me tell you why we're winning, and that's really what I want to talk about. So in late fall of 2021, I had a meeting with all the attorneys I was working with, and I told them, I said, okay, we've got to start shifting gears. And they said, what do you mean? I said, well, we've won COVID, but we haven't won justice. And they all looked at me like I was crazy. What do you mean we've won COVID? Of course we didn't win COVID, right? I mean, everybody, you know, think of 2021. We weren't free by any means, right? But we did, and let me explain why. What I explained to them was this. I said, listen, for the vaccine plot, and I call it a plot because to me, this was absolutely evil on every level, right? Um, this was something that they knew was going to be awful. They knew what this was going to do. They knew how this was going to roll out. I mean, we've got the FDA documents from prior to the EUA of the vaccine. They knew this was going to cause myocarditis, strokes, reproductive issues. They knew that from the beginning. And they've been monitoring it and covering it up. And they've got all the data on this, but they're covering it up, right? So they've been covering that up from the beginning. This whole thing has been a cover-up. So with that in mind, for this to work, that cover-up had to be nearly complete. Their control over the media, their censorship had to be nearly complete because they had to get to a 90 to 95% vaccination rate for this to work. Let me explain. The COVID vaccines were always going to cause all of these deaths and carnage and this, that, and other. If the COVID vaccines were given to 95% of the public, then that means there's only 5 out of 100 people that you know or might know that are unvaccinated right? That's a small number. And no matter what that five out of a hundred may say, you can say, well, that's statistically insignificant. These people are just crazy. They're wackadoodles or this or that, right? In the United States, we were able to successfully keep 25%. I would believe, I believe it's more from getting vaccinated at all. 
in you know 50 ish percent from uh, getting more than one shot that means that 25 percent of the 320 million plus people in this country so at least 80 million people uh one out of four is unvaccinated well here's the thing the bad guys knew that they needed to get to a 90 95 percent vaccination rate so that they could say that these side effects were something else. Now, let's say you had 95 out of 100 people vaccinated. Well, the next step could have, would have, should have, and this is a little bit of speculation on my part, but given what they're doing with the zoonotic spillover and all these other things, the next step would have been to say, hey, um, you know, there's a new disease going out there and it's causing all these random things and it's zoonotic and it's this and it's that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's killing everybody and that's what's going on. And then they would blame that disease on two things, climate change, creating more likely a scenario of zoonotic spillover, which would allow for a permanent emergency in climate change. And then also uh, they would blame it uh, as or they would make it the cause of all of these deaths for all of these random things, all of these side effects, all this stuff, right? So this is a really, really, really big deal. By keeping, you know, one out of four people from getting this, by educating people and speaking out loudly enough and fighting hard enough, we were able to make sure that everybody knows somebody who's not vaccinated. Well, the bad guys didn't expect that kind of a push. So now uh, they threw, they see us fighting back. They see nobody's like me stepping up and fighting back, you know, with all we got and that it's being effective. It's keeping people from getting these vaccines. We were, we were able to make such a compelling body of evidence and, you know, share information so, so critical that a lot of people refuse these vaccines, period. Even when it cost them their jobs, their friends, their families, their loved ones, they stood strong. And God bless them for it. Uh, someday we're going to look back on this time in history, and that 25% or more of people that didn't do this are going to be viewed as the guys that saved humanity. So what's happened is, is now that 25% not only said no, and not only is that a big number of people, but they were put through hell because these crooks at the WEF and Big Pharma and all these people who were sponsoring this whole nightmare uh, so that they could make money and gain control and kill people, apparently. Uh, they've got a group of people, a huge group of people, who are just pissed. And those people are not going to forget what happened. And those people are out there and they're fighting and they're mad. And as they're watching their loved ones die who told them oh you're so selfish you won't get this vaccine and then they drop dead uh, you know it's like matthew perry could i get any more vaccinated said his t-shirt right before he died from the vaccine well folks i'm just going to tell you right now uh these people are not going to forget and every time they see a died suddenly Every time they see something that looks like another vaccine death, a 20-year-old dying from a heart attack, which is not normal, no matter what anybody tells you, every time that occurs, you're going to get another another person who's screaming about that. 20, that 25% of America, they're going to keep screaming. And their voice is loud because that's enough people. 
that 25% is enough people to support an alternative media, which exists now and is too big to be censored. They can't shut down every podcast like this. They can't shut down every radio show like this. There's too many of us. So now we're in a situation where there's a control group. So as of 2021, we saw that that control group was there and that we were going to win because those people by that time that had said no to everything weren't going to change. They were rock solid. They were warriors. They were heroes. And they still are. And so at that point, we had won this fight. We had won the fight. Eventually, no matter how long it took, the control group was going to be a just something that you couldn't miss as a model for how dangerous these poisons were and for what really was going on. That's happened. That's happened. And so now we see things like this. 24% say they know someone who died from the COVID vaccine. Well, that that makes sense. 24, uh, you know, the half, a quarter of Americans didn't get the jab and they're all watching people die suddenly. So 69% don't know anyone who died from being vaccinated against the virus, according to uh, this. Those are people who are still lying to themselves, most likely because they don't want to admit to themselves that they're ticking time bombs. And they are. So we do have to overcome the fact that there's still a huge number of people who are going to have a hell of a time looking in the mirror knowing that they may have killed themselves. And that's a hard thing to do. And the only way to do that is to just make sure that they see what's going on bluntly and we keep saying it. I mean, but we'll get over that. You know, this number is going to continue to grow over time. Uh, 42% say that if there was a major class action lawsuit against pharmaceutical companies for vaccine side effects, they'd likely to be, uh, they'd be likely to join the lawsuit. And 24% say they'd be very likely to join the lawsuit. That is a huge number of people. Uh, only 25% say it's not, not at all likely and 11% are unsure. That means that a majority of Americans want to sue big far, big pharma. They don't, they're not just avoiding the shots. They want to sue them. The real story here, uh, is that 47% and actually 58% are either unsure or want to be a part of this. What do we agree on 58% of the time or even 47% of the time? And it crosses party lines. It crosses all lines. Now, I'm going to be, I'm going to put my, you know, piss everybody off here. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm still waiting for Trump to wake up on this. Mr. President, I support you on everything you've done except for this. It's time to wake up. These polls are huge. This is a make or break thing in the next election. Anyways, uh, when we start seeing numbers that are this big, uh, nearly half of, of this, uh, this, this other uh, poll say they know someone personally who died from COVID virus, while 49% they don't know anyone who died from the virus. Okay, well, guess what? We now know that the virus was created in the lab with American funding. You think those guys are going to be happy this election season? Are they happy with our government? I mean, this is unbelievable. Uh, more than 51% uh, 
more more men, 51% than women, 44%, say they know someone who personally died from the side effects of a vaccine. Adults under 40 are less likely to say they know someone who died from the virus, but more likely to say that they would join a major class. The people under 40 are pissed because they know that, you know, their lives were shortened dramatically. This is a huge deal, folks. This is a mind-blowing thing. And let me give you this one. 43% of whites and 52% of blacks and 57% of other minorities say they know someone personally died from the virus. Okay, so this virus killed a lot more minorities and people are aware of that. As the minority population of this, as the people of color in this country start realizing, and as the truth continues to expand, that this was created in a lab in Wuhan with government funding and uh, with backing and support of Big Farm and everybody else, do you really think that these people are going to be happy? This was one of the most egregious killing things. Unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. Now you combine that with Excess mortality continuing surge causes concerns, right? Uh, excess mortality is skyrocketing. Uh, this article on life insurance uh, publication, it's very, very clear. We're seeing a massive spike in excess mortality. Why? What's going on there? Well, it's very clear what's going on. We're murdering everybody with these COVID vaccines. This isn't hard to understand. I mean, excess mortality is absolutely ex exploding. There's no question about that. But I can't say enough about this poll. This poll is Rasmussen, right? They're not a right-wing organization. It's Rasmussen. 24% know someone who died for... 24%! That is a monumental number of people who are now awake to how dangerous these poisons are. That is huge. And remember, that's not, that, that measure, plus the fact that, that we have got 25% that didn't get it, plus the fact that we have 47% you know, that would join, a, uh, or what is it, 50, 42% that are willing to join a class action, that, that's, that's a monumental number. Monumental. This is one of the most critical political issues of the day. And the thing about this is, is our politicians are freaking cowards. They're cowards. If any of them could find the balls to do this the right way, let me tell you what would happen. If I were a political consultant for a major candidate running for, you know, a major political office, I would say to you, let me give you the following facts. And I could give them Document after document after document that absolutely government documents, federal documents that show that our federal government absolutely and indisputably knew how dangerous these were while they were continuing to lie and push it. I would tell that political candidate that, listen, if you find some courage to speak about this, we've got yeah, well over 40% of the people in this country are acutely aware of how big of an issue this is. And if you show them these indisputable documents that I've submitted to court under penalty of perjury and with, or in some cases with my license on the line, that you could rely on these and the public will then wake up in a large scale, you will be a hero and a savior to the universe.
because you'll also be the first person to have the gonads to actually stand up against big pharma. People will love you. They like courage. People are tired of weak-kneed, wussy politicians. As we've seen with Matt Gates and all these other guys who just keep getting things done, will sell out wusses like Mitch McConnell. Uh, keep, I mean, his popularity is so b- bad that when I went to Kentucky, everybody I knew I talked to was trying to disown his, the fact that he's a Kentuckian. He's an embarrassment to the planet. Folks, we are making progress on this. We are winning this fight. We're getting where we've got to get, but it's taking a lot of time. The next step is going to be getting justice, right? We've got to get justice because if we don't get justice, what's going to happen is this is going to continue. We're going to do more pandemics, right? We know that they're doing, do you know that they're doing gain of function work here in the United States in American universities? The same gain of function work that they did in Wuhan, China that resulted in COVID. They're doing that same work here in the United States. They are creating dual dual purpose research, gain of function work that could be that that is both a bioweapon and a, a, a supposed cure for it. Right, dual use research. We are doing that all over the United States under the guise that we're going to create cures for potential diseases. Except for it doesn't work. Gain of function does not work. It's not, there's no way to predict what's going to happen next. There's too many variables. This is a lie. It's a, just a mechanism for getting funding uh, and increasing risk. This is happening right now in the United States of America. You think we're not at risk for another pandemic? I got news for you, folks. So the question is, what do we do about it? Where do we go from here? And we got to get to justice. Now, before I get into that, I want to stop. I want to tell you, support the Tom Renz Show and the America Out Loud Network. Support TomRenz.com. Get our book, Mod RNA and Other Essays. Uh, Mod RNA, Why It Matters and Other Essays. Mod RNA, Why It Matters and Other Essays. Not Moderna, M-O-D-R-N-A, not Moderna. Uh, not the company, Mod RNA. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's all over it. We also have the CBDC book is getting posted as we speak. It'll be up on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and everywhere else this weekend. And that's central bank digital currencies. These two books are going to give you what you need to know about the mod RNA and about the CBDCs and where they're going with it, the food supply, all this stuff in 20 minute reads. They're very short, easy books. Buy these books, support these books, send these books to elected officials. This is lawfare, folks. I need your help with it. It also, it keeps us fighting, right? The, the funding is necessary. Uh, we, we fight, you know, I mean, no one can afford these cases. So I got to write books. I got to do things. And these books, they help move the ball down the field. They help educate people. They're tools to use for lobbying, but they also help raise money for the fight. So please buy these, buy 10 copies and send them to politicians. Send them to local politicians. Send it to your county commissioners and ask them what they're going to do about it. It's a 20-minute read. I think the county commissioner can read that. So Mod RNA and and Why It Matters and other essays, CBDCs, uh, you can get them on the America Out Loud store. You can get them uh, on TomRens.com, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, everywhere books are sold. So get on that. Get on it quickly. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. 
Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. I want to move into uh, to justice, right? I want to move into what it means uh, and what we got to do from here. Yeah, and this is really a big deal, right? This is really a big, big deal uh, because where do we go? Well, so let me explain how this works under the law. Suing the vaccine manufacturers runs into issues with something called the PrEP Act. Uh, now, the PrEP Act is a big deal. And what it does is it provides massive, massive immunities. A sweep, so I'm going to read this to you. This is from the Congressional Research Service evaluating the PrEP Act. Courts have characterized PrEP Act immunity as sweeping. It applies to all types of legal claims under state and federal law. For example, under state law, tort law, individuals who suffer injuries caused by intentional or negligent acts or omissions of another person may generally sue that person to recover monetary compensation. Thus, in the healthcare context, if a healthcare provider negligently administers a drug or a device that causes a foreseeable injury to a patient, the injured person may be able to sue the provider for compensation under state tort law. However, Federal laws, such as the PREP Act, may preempt state tort laws as well as other state and federal laws in certain contexts. The preemption is a big deal, and what it means is that even where you've got state laws, it's very, very difficult to sue because of the PREP Act. Now, the scope of immunity is vast, hugely vast. I mean, it is mind-blowing how wide this is. There is one exception under the law to being able to sue the vaccine manufacturers with, uh, with regards to PrEP Act uh, protections. And by the way, PrEP Act really needs to be eliminated. It's absolutely, completely, I think it's unconstitutional. It's a horrible, horrible law. Uh, but uh, that, that exception is what's called willful misconduct, right? So if someone within the PrEP Act scope of immunity uh, it can it commits what's called willful misconduct, they can be sued. Now, I absolutely believe there is a massive amount of willful misconduct, but uh, here's, here is what that is. Okay, so you got to have a serious physical injury 
It's got to be life-threatening, permanently impair the body, et cetera, et cetera. Very serious. And willful misconduct requires that the covered person acted intentionally to achieve a wrongful purpose, knowingly without legal or factual justification, and in disregard of a known or obvious risk that is so great as to make it highly probable that the harm will outweigh the benefit. Okay, so to do this, you have to prove by clear and convincing evidence, which is a very high legal standard. You have to prove that these guys knew what they were doing and knew how bad it was and did it for a bad purpose. And uh, they did it with disregard to the harm, uh, harm outweighing the benefit. That is a very, very difficult lawsuit. Okay. From an evidentiary standpoint, you have to have an immense amount of evidence and it's got to be very strong. And if you were writing this lawsuit, you would have to include this evidence in a very, uh, well-documented complaint to overcome a 12B motion. Now, there's more, right? There's more issues. Uh, this this case would also have to be filed in, uh, I believe it has to be filed in the district court in D.C. So you've got the same crooked court uh, that that has been just absolutely getting, uh, I mean, look what they've done with the J6 defendants. I, I'm sorry, look what they're doing. This court has some serious issues in my opinion. I, you know, I'm not real excited about this court. So you, but you have to file it there. Um, It's got to be, it's got to, the lawsuit has to meet what's called heightened standards for pleading and discovery. And uh, there's all sorts of procedural provisions favorable to the defendants. So there's all sorts of presumption that the government did this in good faith, et cetera, et cetera. Injured persons have to prove it by this high standard uh, and recovery is limited, right, Uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, There's also statutory defenses and all sorts of other things. Basically, uh, filing this lawsuit is, I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's pretty damn close. Now, that said, close is something I can work with, right? I do believe that there's some a way to file this. And I've got a couple really, really tricky little things that I think can be done that take this case outside of the scope of PrEP Act immunity. The problem is that to do so, the, it requires very complex uh, case law and very complex law and very complex cases. And, and this is a very, very complicated thing. There are legal remedies available, in my opinion. I've spent months on this now. And, uh, you know, they, they can be done. The problem is, is the cost, right? I don't think that, uh, I don't think that an effective case can be filed for less than five to $8 million, but five to $8 million could cover the cost of a case that would open this to everybody in the United States. So five to $8 million is a lot of money, but not for 320 million people. It's a few pennies per person, you know, some change per person. Um, you know, it's not even an issue for that many people, but you got to get them to do it. Right. I mean, you can't get hell. I can't get people to, to donate, to keep us doing what we're doing. You know, most of the time it's hard to do that. Right. That's why we would do all these other things. It's very difficult to come up with that. So getting that initial funding is very, very hard with the apathy we have in this country, but it could open the doors. And there's a lot of people trying to raise that money and do these things so that they can get it done. 
Maybe they'll get there. Maybe they won't. I'm working my end to be able to do it too. And understand when I say five to 8 million, um, that's without me making a profit on it. That's the cost to file it. My estimated cost, if I'm, I do a case budget, you know, I look at how much it's going to cost with your experts, with the lawyers you got to have, hiring the people that are involved, because one lawyer can't file this case. No way in hell. Uh, any of the cases that I've identified that are workable, no one lawyer can file it. It's got to be a firm that's got, or at least a group of lawyers. It's either got to be a good sized firm that has a handful of attorneys and paralegals that can go, or it's got to be a, a group of attorneys, right? So there's that. But this, this, uh, this, you know, this whole thing, this willful misconduct, all this immunity, it can be overcome. Now, one of the things that's interesting when we look at willful misconduct, uh, and actually government immunity generally, is one of the more well-known laws. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to explain how uh, this would apply directly. But it's also good to know about for for separate causes of action, other things that we've used. And that's a very well-known law. It's 21 U.S.C. 360 BBB-3. And that is the EUA authorization law. And I kind of want to talk about and walk through this law a little bit. You know, this is a law that a lot of people have heard about. And I want to show them what, I'd like to show you guys what this is, right? So I'm going to uh, actually put this on the screen and go through some of this, right? I know this is like going to law school. Boy, you guys are going to all be asleep here in a minute, right? Uh, Sorry. I know this is great radio, but, uh, or, t- or video if you're watching, but, um, if you look, here's, tw- yeah. And uh, by the way, uh, legal Institute at Cornell is another leftist school, but they've got a great, a great, uh, website for, for finding code and finding regulations. Anyways, uh, 21 USC, triple B, the 360 triple B dash three. Uh, this is what you have to do to authorize an EUA, which all the vaccines were authorized under EUA. And they aren't vaccines, by the way. They're they're gene therapy drugs. But uh, the government doesn't seem to care about that. They don't care that it's legal or illegal. Um, they just do what they're going to do, right? So uh, first of all, to do this, to, to do this, you've got to have a declared public health emergency. And under, under Part C here, you see a determination by the secretary that there is a public health emergency or significant potential for a public health emergency that affects or has a significant potential to affect national security or the health and security of the United States citizens, and so on and so forth. Um, the, basically, uh, there's got to be a legitimate emergency here. There's got to be something... Uh, uh, identification of material threat pursuant to public health, USCA, uh, sufficient to, to affect national security and health. Um, the key here that I want to focus on is the importance of the threat. So we've known from the beginning that COVID was not as dangerous as the original SARS, the original MERS, tuberculosis, or any of a number of other things. We knew that this was likely going to end up being a case fatality rate similar to a bad flu season. So the fact that we were able to, that these guys got away with doing all this under an EUA when there is no actual emergency, they should be able to do this under existing, if if this works, if they're able to do this, this means that they should be able to just put anything out under EUA, right? They got a new flu vaccine. They don't want to do it under, uh, you know, under the actual prescribed thing. Hell, who cares? We'll just call it an emergency, right? The threshold for declaring an emergency is not was not met here. 
It never was. And that's something that we dealt with on the local level a lot. Um, but we never got uh, to the federal level. And, uh, you know, we'll see where that goes. Um, but, you know, with this, there's other things, right? And there's other things that didn't happen. So it, over here we've got, uh, and I'll, I'll put this back on the stream. Um, as you go through this, there's this criteria for issuance of an authorization, right? So if you're looking at that, and that's under the little c there, uh, this is what the, the secretary has to do to do this, right? Um, serious life-threatening condition, totality of the scientific evidence available to the secretary, um, that uh, the product may be effective in diagnosing, treating, or preventing serious disease condition, et cetera, et cetera. Well, wait a second. We know that Pfizer did not test to see whether or not the, the, this vaccine would prevent transmission. We know that there is no real data to show that it actually treated anything or helped in any way, shape, or form. There was some garbage out there, but it, wasn't, it was never accurate. So how did they authorize this, right? I think that's an important thing. Um, you know, this is a big deal. Uh, then there's this, the known potential benefits of the products when used to diagnose or treat or prevent such a disease outweigh the known potential risks. This, this is critical. This law was never followed. There was never any legitimate evidence to show that the risks of the COVID vaccines outweigh the benefits, or I'm sorry, the benefits outweigh the risks of the vaccines. There was never anything that ba any basis for this that was well founded under science, none whatsoever. And anybody who wants to argue that otherwise would get their butts handed to them in court uh, and anywhere else if it, where there was an actual fair trial. This is uh, there. There also has to be no adequate, approved, and available alternative to the product, uh, which we had HCQ, ivermectin, all these different things. They were just lied about, right? We now know that they lied about it. We know the FDA has admitted that they lied. Is there any heads rolling? Why is no one in jail? They broke the law. Here's the law. Um, there's a lot more to this, right? Um, scope of authorization, you know, and what you can use these things for. Uh, there's also conditions for approval, right? Um, secretary has to make sure that, uh, that there's some sort of... Uh, uh, you know, some sort of semblance of informed consent. There's all sorts of things here, folks. Um, how many of you got informed consent? Any of you got vaccinated? Did any of you guys get informed consent? Did anybody tell you about myocarditis and pericarditis? Did anybody tell you about the uh, risks to, your, to reproduction, having babies, stillborns, all these different things? Did anybody tell you about any of this? What did they tell you about? You know, where did this go? There was nothing. I mean, we saw, we all saw the images of the blank, uh, you know, uh, papers that they included in the, the package inserts and in the, and the Pfizer things. I mean, that's what you got is a blank, right? They didn't, they didn't educate anybody. They covered this all up 1000%. It was, this was one of the most mind blowingly crooked things in history. 
And then we go back to the fact that our government is giving these guys as much shielding as possible. Now, there's another layer of shielding to suing these guys, right? And that is that the DOD is the one that actually uh, put these out. So you didn't get a Pfizer vaccine. You got a Pfizer vaccine that was given to you by the Department of Defense. So even if you want to sue somebody, it was distributed by the Department of Defense, who they're going to claim has sovereign immunity on this. This whole thing was intentionally structured because they knew they were going to kill massive numbers of people. And so they structured it to provide immunity as best they could to as many people as possible. That is evidence in my mind that they knew how many people were going to get killed on this. You don't need this much immunity if it's safe and effective. You don't need this many layers of protection if you think it's safe and effective. They knew it wasn't safe and effective. We got the documents, but even if we didn't have the documents, the fact that you would create this many layers of immunity indicates that you knew damn well it wasn't safe and effective. Anthony Fauci was a lying crook, and so was Pfizer, so was Moderna, so were all of these people. Walensky, what's the scarf lady? De- Deborah Burks. They, I mean, Deborah Burks admitted her job was to lie. Her job was to lie to Donald Trump and the public. That was her job. That's Deborah Burks. I mean, folks, seriously? This is where we are. This is where we are. We're at a point now where there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Americans dead and injured by these vaccines. And we have no legitimate path forward outside of, you know, five to $10 million lawsuits. Where are our politicians? You know, Rand Paul's out there talking about putting Fauci in jail. Great. What are you going to do for the five to 10, uh, for the, you know, the hundreds of thousands or millions of Americans who are injured or dying? I don't hear Rand Paul talking about the vaccines. When is he going to? We need him to. We need Jim Jordan to do it. Are they doing it? Nope. How about the the presidential candidates? Not one of them. Bobby's talking about it some. I mean, Bobby's talking about it, but, uh, you know, I mean, we got to have him talking about this. As I said at the beginning of the show, you're looking at 50 plus percent of Americans that are all, that are going to be mad or fighting or willing to join in a fight on this. It's a huge number of people. So I guess all you elected officials need to start asking yourself, because we're not done fighting this. We're going to keep fighting this till the day, till we get justice. So you need to ask yourselves, are you going to go against the will of 50 plus percent of the people? Is that what you want to do? You want to put your political career on that? Go ahead. Let's see how that goes for you. I know you're going to, I know, you know, we all know that you're going to try and steal the elections, but let's see whether that works out for you. All right. I need you to share the show. Tom Ren show, the America Out Loud Network, the Tom Ren show, uh, Rumble. We're all over the place. We, we, we air on Twitter. Get this show out there. ShareTomRens.com. Uh, go to the America Out Loud bookstore. Go to Amazon. Go to Barnes & Noble. Go wherever you want. But get the books. Mod RNA, Why It Matters, and other essays. And coming this weekend, CBDCs. we got to get these books out there. we got to get the These are the, the booklets that you need to be able to fight this and talk about this effectively. You need this information, folks. Dig in. Take a look. You know, get this out, get this out, share it with everybody and get it to your local elected officials, state and federal, but even county, city, 
get it to them. Help us get the information out. Share, share, share. Please support our Ren's Law Give, Send, Go. And we will be back. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Stack of Stuff. The Stack of Stuff is interesting today. Yeah, I got some videos today. I got some videos. Um, let's start out with this. So here's my plan. I've got like this devious plan. I'm going to start out, and I'm just going to piss everybody off. Uh, so we're going to start out with this. And, uh, well, let, let's just let's just... Let this guy speak for himself, right? So this is the CEO of uh, Target. Okay, Brian, let's talk about an issue that we have not discussed um, in an interview since the backlash that came through following the Pride activities. And that was what was happening in the store from a merchandising perspective, from a messaging perspective. Uh, there was a huge backlash um, against Target. Shock. What happened? Can you want to lay it out? Because you and I haven't had a real sure. conversation about this yet. Yeah. Well, why don't we step back? Here so, we go. this is my 10th holiday season mm -hmm. at Target. You and I have been talking almost every quarter yeah. during those 10 years. And, you know, I've seen natural disasters. We've seen the impact of COVID leading into the pandemic. So a natural disaster. Some of the violence that took place after George Floyd's murder. But I would tell you, Becky, what I saw back in May is the first time since I've been in this job where I had store team members saying, it's not safe to come to work. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, no. It's not safe to come to work. You know, this is what the left does. They always want to act like anybody who's against them makes them unsafe. You need a safe space, right? We need a safe space. Oh, these conservatives, they don't like us putting trans on their kids. You know who needs a safe space? The children. The damn children need a safe space from perverts like you who are pushing trans and sexualization on children, you sick piece of crap what was happening to them very aggressive behavior at store level oh no. lots of threats wait product you mean being you... destroyed wait 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 you mean people were mad that you were trying to push trans garbage on children i can't believe that point of sale being disrupted and when we started to hear that by the way prove it we knew we had to take action prove it we had to prioritize the safety of our teams oh I knew personally this was not going to be well received, but wait, you knew this wasn't going to be well received. Are you a CEO of a store whose job it is to make profit for the shareholders? 
or are you some sort of an activist? I'm pretty sure that that's an admission that he wasn't fulfilling his uh, fiduciary obligations as a CEO. Is the board going to fire this piece of crap? We had to prioritize the safety of the team. And we made some changes. The location of the product, we curated the assortment, we addressed some of the products that were getting the most attention. Wait, so let's be real clear here. What he just admitted was that the protests and that sort of stuff worked. Now, he's trying to claim that it has something to do with threats of violence, which is an outright lie. It had nothing to do with that. What really happened is there were too many protests, so they were they were losing too much money, so they had to do something. And even though he didn't want to, he had to. But he's going to blame it on safety of, of uh, their their staff, right? That That's bullshit. When you say safety of the team and aggressive behavior, what were some examples of this? What These are people who did not like that you had pride merchandise that was out, and they no. came in and they said what? No, 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 no. These were people who didn't like that you had stuff targeting children to become trans and this and that and other. Why are you sexualizing our children, you pervert? Well, <clears throat> they were very, again, aggressive with our team members. How? Doing what? Personally Saying, threatening them. them? Yelling at them. Show me. You know, they threatened to light product on fire. Oh, they did. In the did. store. In the store. So, you know, very aggressive behavior. I have not seen any proof of this. I want some proof of this. There's cameras all over Target. Show us some evidence. I want to see this violent, aggressive behavior. I mean, what? Someone said, I don't like this. It ought to be burned, and that's violent and aggressive? What do you think it does when a child has their wiener cut off? That's violent. I mean, we've been celebrating heritage moments like Pride for over a decade now. It's not heritage we've moments. Never... There's no gay heritage in this country or anywhere else. What heritage is there? And this is a new thing. I don't care if you want to live gay. There's no heritage to that. It's like saying there's lawyer heritage month. You choose to do something, you suddenly have a heritage month? What the hell is that? I mean, you decide to be gay, or you just, you are gay. Maybe you're born that way. Whatever. I don't care. Be gay. But what, you need a heritage month? There's no heritage there. It's just, you know, a life choice. And maybe that's how you're built. But still, don't tell me that this is something that is about our American heritage. How can you compare trans to being born black? That's what I want you to know, want to know. I understand. We talk about, you know, the, the, with the history of slavery, things like that. You want to tell me about Black Pride Month? Okay, well, I guess I think it's kind of racist, but I understand. You have to compare that to trans pride? We're seeing that kind of response. Well, let me let me just add, let me just tell you from the outside for somebody who was not here. Um, people said, "Look, there are bathing suits that are transgender bathing suits that are being targeted and marketed to kids." Yep. Uh, there is a, a a guy who you're working with a designer who, uh, I, you know, I don't know, it was a devil worshiper with some of the things. What, Which is what did true. you find? What would you say back to some of those criticisms? Well, I think you and I both know those weren't true. What? But in the moment, we said the best thing for us to do is address the issue. They were true, you liar. Each and every statement that's being made and do the right thing for our team, take the learning as we go forward. But it was a difficult time. But in the environment, we said, look, let's focus on de-escalating the issue, taking care of our team, celebrating the moment, and take the learning 
as and we go forward. At and we talked during a recent earnings call. We'll manage these moments very differently. Uh, I hope so. These heritage moments, whether it's pride or Hispanic heritage or no. black history. Wait again. Again, if you were born as a Latino, as a black man, as a whatever, I want you to know that this guy is comparing that to uh, to trans. So you're you, just so you know, uh, if you guys like Target, the CEO is comparing the trans agenda to uh, to uh, being born black or being born Latino or whatever it is you are. Three. Well, time and different. Yep. There you go, folks. How's that for some quality? Boycott Target. Hashtag boycott Target needs to go back up. All right. So now everybody's mad. Um, so I want to go to the Babylon B, which I think is hilarious. Uh, and this makes me feel a little bit better um, because, well, <laughs> here you go. Uh oh. We, oh, we got to get rid of this. Hold on. Got an ad. You are get... my sunshine. Grandpa. Grandpa. <laughs> Grandpa! Huh? I think it's time that we had um, kind of a difficult conversation with you. You know how much we love you, right? Right. And I love you too. <laughs> and we only want what's oh. best for you. Very mm -hmm. sweet. It's, it's becoming more and more clear to us that we can't take care of you the way that you need to be taken care of. Why are you talking like that? I'm fine. Oh, of course you are. It's <laughs> great. But like Miss McConnell. Let's be honest here. You're getting older, and things happen. You get confused. You forget where you are. You fall down. You need to go someplace where they can take care of you. Where people your age go. We think it's time for you to run for U.S. Senate. <laughs> no! How can you do this to me? I still have a lot of good years left. Of course you do, Grandpa. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's Mitch McConnell. That That is the U.S. Senate. Um, I love the Babylon Bee. Uh, this is spectacular to me. And uh, you, you can go and you can watch the rest of this yourself. You can look at it. Uh, I needed that after the, the target nonsense, right? So you get the target nonsense, um, which makes me want to throw up in my mouth an awful lot. And so we've, uh, you know, I, yeah, this was my strategy, right? This was my strategy. Okay, so we're going to do a little more of that, right? We got more, 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 right? So let's go to this um, headline. Pfizer lays off hundreds at Portage Factory. Well, that's great news. You know why that's great news? The reason that they're laying hundreds off is because they're losing all sorts of money because no one's taking their poisons because they've killed already most of their clients and yeah, no one else wants to try it. So we got that. That's good news. Um, I think that's an actual kind of an awesome thing. Now let's get let's get mad again. I think we need some anger. So we've got a headline, Loudoun County high school students walk out of class over transgender bathrooms as furious kids demand male and female only spaces due to massive safety risk. No kidding. Luckily, the children at Loudoun High School are smarter than the adults. And, uh, you know, they're saying, hell no. We don't think that uh, it's appropriate to have little boys in the bathroom with little girls. So these are the 50 to 100 students that are not uh, ruined yet, and whose parents should be given high fives 
for uh, you know raising decent children, despite the fact that they go to Loudon schools. Um, 2021, the v district voted for non-binary non uh, gender fluid trans students to use school bathrooms of their choice. So you've got a bunch of little boys going into the little girls' locker room and bathroom, and uh, we're all supposed to be fine with that, right? Uh, because these perverts that run the school board, they're all about sexualizing kids and what have you. And so we've got this, this whole thing. And, uh, you know, that's, how can you feel safe? So uh, folks, like if you stand next to me, I'm six, four, I weigh about two thirty right now. I'm, I'm pretty leaned out and, uh, I'm a big dude. Right. I'm a big guy. You stand next to me. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, if I were a violent, evil character. And yeah, I would be a threat. I would be a threat to, to pretty much anybody that I wanted to be a threat to. And the idea of, of a kid my size, you know, a, a male my size going into a girl's locker room. Uh, you know, a girl's shower. And said, I mean. That is a physical threat. A girl can't defend herself against a guy like me. And there are boys my size, right? Even in high school, there's some big kids. There is no way a little girl, a little high school girl, can could defend herself against a post-pubescent boy who, you know, is a, a big, you know, I mean, it just it's it's just not possible. This is a safety threat. It's a big deal, folks. And uh, it's mind-blowing that these perverts refuse to recognize this. It is absolutely shocking. Now, this the National School Board Association actually uh, wrote to Merrick Garland and uh, argued that violent threats against school officials could be the equivalent to domestic terrorism. So the parents that are trying to protect their kids are having the National School Board Association tell the crooked, crookedest AG in history, Merrick Garland, that these are domestic terrorists for trying to keep their little girls and little boys safe. Now, I grant you the little boys aren't at the same physical risk as the little girls, but it's just sick. This is sick. This is in Virginia, by the way. Glenn Youngkin, uh, you know, this is why he got elected, because you know, nobody wanted to deal with this crap. It's absolutely horrible. All right. So that kind of, that, that pisses me off. So now we're going to go back to something happy today. Um, Saturday Night Live did something funny. I know that's rare. They're not allowed to do funny things anymore. So, you know, the fact that they did is kind of, it's a win. We'll call it a win. Um, here you go. Oh, we got to get past this. You want to be a no, I got to do I got to I don't do many videos. So millionaire. I get past these How many liters are in a gallon, sir? Nobody knows. <laughs> and, sir, in this new country, what plans are there for men of color such as I? Distance will be measured in inches, feet, yard, and mile. <laughs> Okay, a little. So 12 inches to a foot? Uh, 12 feet to a yard. If it were only so simple. <laughs> Three feet to a yard. And uh, how many yards to a mile? Nobody knows. <laughs> okay, well, how many feet to a mile? 5,280. Of course. 
Naturally. It's a simple number that everyone will remember. I must confess, it feels a little complicated, sir. Why not use meters and kilometers? We will, soldier. But only in certain unpopular sports like track and swimming. <laughs> For popular sports like football, we will use yards. That makes much more sense. Football, sir? Yes. It's a sport where you throw a ball with your hands. So in football, there is no kicking? There's a little kicking. <laughs> What's this Saturday Night Live? They actually made it funny. You kick the ball to get points. How many points, sir? Sometimes one and sometimes three. <laughs> Very confused, sir. Do not worry. For our new nation, we will have rulers with two sets of numbers. Inches on one side, centimeters on the other. So we can see where they line up. Yes, except that they don't line up and they never will. <laughs> liberty, son, liberty. And the slaves, sir, what of them? You asked about the temperature. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, folks, this makes me feel better. We, it makes me feel better. We should have two different unrelated scales of temperature. One of them will make sense to the entire world, and the other will be super random. Our great nation will use the random one. What is the scale called, sir? Fahrenheit. Spell that for me. Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> but one day, if we are brave, we will get rid of you and a lot of British words like color and armor. But by God, we will keep the British you and the word glamour. That makes sense. Only glamour, sir? Only glamour. <laughs> that is my dream for our countrymen. A melting pot of different measurements that will make Europeans throw little tantrums. In short, a land of liberty where all men are free. <laughs> where all men are free, right? Okay, folks, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, a little bit of woke there, but I, I thought that was great. And in light of everything else that we're seeing, I thought we needed some positive. Stick with us. Check the America Out Loud uh, show out. Share us everywhere. Put us out there. Do what you can. Uh, support uh, the America Out Loud Network, the Tom Wren Show. So check out our book, Mod RNA, Why It Matters, and Other Essays, CBDCs, Why They Matter, and Other Essays. And uh, we'll be back soon.